Hey, Deserving Listeners, just me today. I thought I would answer your questions about gaslighting. A number of you submitted questions about gaslighting. We did some episodes about it in the past, so if you want those full deep dives, I would listen to those first. You can go to the search bar and search for gaslighting and find those other episodes. Um, And you can also go to our website and go to the episode list and search for gaslighting. So first, let's review the definition of gaslighting. This is a term that has been in psychology and psychotherapy, and particularly the field of intimate partner violence or domestic violence for for not centuries, for, for decades. So it's a term that I've been familiar with for 25 years and has only been recently used in pop culture over the past, I would say, in earnest in the past five years. And every time I would hear it being used in the lay public, I thought, I don't think they understand what gaslighting means because I I don't think that's, I don't think it applies. So let me provide you after reading many articles and thinking about it myself, this is a, a compilation of several different definitions. To purposely manipulate someone by psychological means to lack confidence in their own memory, perception, judgment, for example, right from wrong, or sanity, often with the purpose of controlling the victim to question themselves in general, not just one issue, and it can either be successful or unsuccessful. So, so let me uh, you know, drill down on this a little bit. So to purposely manipulate someone, to gaslight in the clinical literature is usually in an abusive relationship. And it is to purposely manipulate the victim. The, the gaslighter knows I am going to try to screw with this person's mind because if they question their own reality, then I will have more control over them. Now, sometimes it's in abusive relationships, it's not exactly conscious. It's more in the moment, but it's definitely a, an effort, a campaign that someone goes on to establish I'm always right and you're always wrong. And therefore, I will have more control. So it's it's a part of the overall control matrix that the person uh, builds. So it, to purposely manipulate the victim by psychological means, meaning that you mess with someone's mind, to lack confidence in their own memory, perception, judgment, or sanity, meaning that you say... Uh, I don't remember that happening and no one else remembers that happening. You you must have a really, really bad memory or you think that I'm angry right now. You're a really bad judgment judge of character. And by the way, for some of you who've been in these gaslighting, you know, high control, domestic violence, intimate partner violence relationships, you might be triggered by this episode. You might want to not listen because some of this stuff couldn't be absolutely triggering. Uh, Later on, we'll get into some questions that I don't think are going to um, uh, be triggering. But uh, so the perpetrator will get the person to question their own judgment between right and wrong. Like they'll convince the victim that it's okay for a husband to brutally beat a wife. It's it means that they love them, or uh, you know the laws are set up for pansies and this kind of thing, or to actually try to get the victim to question their own sanity, to get the victim to think that they're insane, that they are delusional, that they have schizophrenia or or something. 
And this is the ultimate gaslighting effect. And for people who have been through actual gaslighting, they need decades of therapy to recover. It's one thing to be abused. It's another thing to uh, be convinced that your brain doesn't work right. And through that experience, people can have very low confidence in just who they are as a human being, even after they get out of the relationship. So again, purposely manipulate someone by psychological means to, to get them to lack confidence in their own brain and their own ability to judge things, often with the purpose of controlling the victim. And this is an effort to get the person to question themselves in general, not on just one issue. So, because in the lay public, they'll use this term gaslighting when someone's trying to trick someone in the moment, for example. Like, uh, I didn't take that cookie from the cookie jar. There were only five cookies. And you're like, there were six cookies. And you're like, no, there were only five. That's not gaslighting because that's just straight up lying. Um, And you might be trying to get the person to question their judgment regarding that one issue, like how many cookies are in a cookie jar. But you're not going on a campaign to get the person to question everything because you know to be a victim of gaslighting you question yourself whether you're around the perpetrator or not the victims of gaslighting will question their ability to judge right from wrong or judge their own perceptions at work when they're not around their partner or even after they break up with the partner or or the perpetrator dies or something five ten twenty years later the victim is still questioning their own memory and perception and judgment and sanity So the gaslighting effort creates a general question mark on the victim regarding their, how their brain works and, and how they're able to judge things. So that's important. Now, uh, I'll also say that it can either be successful or unsuccessful. Someone can try to gaslight you. And if it doesn't work, then it's still trying to gaslight Uh, The other thing I'll say is that language changes over time. The word literally has changed to the opposite meaning in some instances. And at first, I didn't like it, but uh, you just have to adjust. Every word changes over time. And that's just one of the things you got to adjust to. You know, there are certain changes in language that I adjusted to pretty easily. You know, like the whole LOL thing. When it first happened, I thought, oh, it's kind of clever. It's a easier way to communicate over chat, that kind of thing. But I remember there a lot of people saying it was the end of the English language that we were allowing these emoticons and LOLs. And, and I, I thought, it's not the end of the English language. <laughs> it's, it's just evolving to fit chat and this and texting and this sort of thing. And so I don't want to be one of those, uh, you know, men shaking fist at clouds kind of dudes saying that the word gaslighting can't change because it can. And, and people are using it and uh, but I think it's important to know uh, where clinically the, the word was used uh, and, and what it was used for. Uh, one, for precision of language, because we should be careful about just having words mean nothing or having words mean too many different confusing things. And we've seen politicians kind of use this to their uh, to their benefit. So it's important that we follow some kind of system of communication. It doesn't mean that uh, we can't change over time, but we we have to think, we have to reflect and have a discourse around like, what does this word mean and how is it changing? 
The other reason why we need to question the lay public's use of the word gaslighting is because there are people who identify as having been gaslit. This term has been around, like I said, for decades, and there are a lot of people who are the victims of high-control relationships, whether it was a, an abusive marriage or they were in a cult. You know, cults will also use gaslighting to gain control over members uh, or cultish religions. And those victims know they've been gaslit. 30 years ago, they were in therapy and someone said, you were gaslit. And they described that whole thing. And they're like, oh, you know, it's validating to have this term, to have a whole research topic that's been around for a long time. And if we just start throwing this word around for extremely small instances of deception or, or confusion or, or disagreement, then those who have been legitimately, legitimately gaslit have reason for uh, feeling like, like they're being transgressed upon. So that's another reason why we, we want to be careful. I'm not saying that we don't change the word, but uh, we would still need a, another word for for gas for true gaslighting. You know, like call it true gaslighting or abusive gaslighting or on you know long term abusive gaslight or something to to really uh, discuss it. Okay, so. How are people using it in the lay public? And over time, I've been cataloging because it's so hard for me to adjust how I'm using the word to the way the public is using it. So uh, I've been actually keeping a list of the way people have been using it. It seems to be people are using it in these three ways. There's probably other ways as well. But I think and it's hard for me to know what people are meaning because they just seem to throw the word out there on TV shows or YouTube videos or something. And I'm not there to say, what do you, when you say the word gaslight, what do you mean by that? But it appears that people mean one of the three things. One is trying to make it seem like the other person is to blame. So for example, you know, you're, you might say you keep making it seem like I was to blame when clearly, you know, that you were to blame and you're gaslighting me to make me believe that I was to blame when you know, you were to blame. So that seems to be one use of the word gaslight. That again, if if let's review the the, the uh, established definition of gaslighting in the clinical literature, to go on a campaign to purposely manipulate someone by psychological means to lack confidence in their own memory, perception, judgment, or sanity in general. So that's quite a big contrast to the really common practice in pretty much every conflict in every marriage and every romantic relationship or friendship for that matter, in which the, you try to make it seem like the other person is to blame and you're not to blame because you kind of feel like the other person is to blame or you're distorted or whatever. But to use gaslighting in the term, you know, in situations where it's like, Hey, you're trying to make it seem like I was to blame when you know you were to blame, you're gaslighting me. Now, if this was one of a thousand different behaviors on, in a, on a campaign that this other person was going on against you, then maybe you could call that gaslighting. But I, I see people using it in these one instances, like you're gaslighting me right now, even though you don't generally gaslight me. You're gaslighting me in this in this two minute span of time. You can't gaslight someone in two minutes. <laughs> you have to gaslight someone over usually the period of years. You know what I mean? Uh, 
you know, certainly, you know, more than a couple minutes. The second usage that I see people in the lay public using gaslighting for is telling the other person how they feel or think. So, for example, you might say, you keep telling me that I am angry and that I'm rejecting you and that I'm cold, but I wasn't. And you know that you are gaslighting me. So you know, if you tell someone else how they think or feel, you're gaslighting someone. And the third instance is denying something that is obvious. So, for example, you keep denying that you are angry right now. You keep saying you're not angry, but you know that you're angry. Clearly, you're angry and you keep denying it. You're gaslighting me. Okay, so all these are kind of related. There's some there's definitely some overlap between these. But again, just to just to uh, review, trying to make it seem like the other person is to blame when they know that they're not, when they know that they're to blame. So that's the kind of key that I think what is happening when people are using the word gaslighting in the lay public is that you know the truth, but you keep trying to convince me of a falsehood. You know that you are the bad guy, but you keep trying to make it seem like I'm the bad guy. So according to my usage of this term and the clinical literature and the, you know, those who work in domestic violence and intimate partner violence, if you know that the other person is gaslighting you, in all likelihood, you're, you're not being gaslit because truly effective gaslighters in high control relationships will go on a campaign very subtly over time such that you have no idea that it's happening. You, you question even your own ability to gather or to know if somebody is even gaslighting you. So if you if you know, hey, this person is gaslighting me, that's might be a, a good clue that you're actually not being gaslit. You're just being something else. And let's look at some other terms here. Uh, and again, listen to my whole deep dive with Umberto. But there. Are, so let, I'm going to provide some terms that are similar to gaslighting and some other terms that are really not similar to gaslighting. So other words similar to gaslighting are mind games crazy making, memory manipulation, creeping normality, and brainwashing. So mind games is basically a synonym for gaslighting. And maybe it's more like in a lesser form or something. Head games. You know, you're, you're playing mind games with me, man. Um, crazy making. So this is a pretty, this is a term that I would use much more often than gaslighting in my clinical uh, past. Uh, it basically means gaslighting, but it can it can be in for smaller instances, like where a you know a common scenario where I would use crazy making is you know you have a couple and they're in conflict, and the husband is saying you you never um, you never love me enough. You're always so cold. But then as the wife moves towards the husband, he retreats to the garage or something and so this is crazy making because on one hand he's saying hey you need to be more warm with me but when she is warm with him he rejects her so it it it's crazy making because you're thinking what's going on here you know and i if you that's so crazy making i I would almost consider to be the bigger umbrella and gaslighting is a subset of crazy making if that makes sense then we have memory manipulation this is when someone tries to manipulate someone into having a false memory. This is probably another type of of gas. Maybe you could say that uh, gaslighting is a subset of crazy making and memory manipulation is a subset of 
gaslighting because you're just you're not trying to make the person question their ability to recognize reality, but you're trying to memory manipulate. And this might happen in military situations, you know, like when you're trying to interrogate someone. Another is creeping normality, a.k.a. gradualism or landscape amnesia. So this is when you try to change someone someone's mind without them knowing that you're trying to change their mind. Like there'll be, you know, very subtle increments of change. And sometimes we use creeping normality for societal things that aren't actually purposeful. Like an example, an easy example is mass shootings in the United States. We, uh, you know, 10 years ago, if there was a mass shooting in the U.S., it would be reported. But since they happen so often now in the U.S., they don't get reported anymore because we just consider it normal. And that's a, a creeping normality. Now, of course, there's no mastermind <clears throat> behind that creeping normality. It's just sort of a societal effect. And then we have brainwashing, mind control, thought control, re-education. This is uh, similar to gaslighting. You, consider, you, you might consider gaslighting a subset of brainwashing. Uh, but again, you with brainwashing, similar to gaslighting, you use psychological techniques to alter the mind. Um, cults use this, that sort of thing. And Stockholm Syndrome, which you could kind of consider to be an effect uh, or a kind of brainwashing. You know, when, when someone falls in love with their captors. So so all these are similar, if not synonyms, with gaslighting. Mind games, crazy making, mem- memory manipulation, creeping normality, brainwashing, Stockholm Syndrome. All right, so let's look at terms that are not related to gaslighting. And these are terms that I wish people would use instead of gaslighting in the lay public. The first one is just straight up deception, you know, lying. We have a word when someone is lying to you. You know, if someone is trying to, if someone knows that they're wrong and they don't want to admit it and they want to make it seem like you're to blame, that's just trying to deceive or trying to deflect blame. We have terms for that. You don't have to use the word gaslighting in that situation. But I, I don't know if this is just old man shakes fist at cloud situation, but I feel like people are so used to lies and deception and the labels of lying and deception that people feel like if you were to say, hey, you're lying to me or hey, you're trying to deceive me, it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like much of an accusation because we've gotten used to deception and lying so much. So we need this bigger word like gaslighting to highlight, hey, you're doing something awful because deception and lying are just so commonplace at this. I don't know. Uh, another uh, thing that will happen sometimes that people use the word gaslighting for is motivated reasoning. So this is distorted thinking. When when you are in a conflict with your partner, you don't want to believe that you're to blame. You want to believe that you're good. You And you would rather believe that your partner is to blame because it would make it easier if your partner was to blame and make it easier if they admitted it because then you wouldn't have to change. And you wouldn't have to challenge your own self-esteem. So I'm motivated to reason in a conflict that I am not to blame and you are to blame, even though I might be to blame. This is motivated reasoning. It's not deception. It's not lighting. And it certainly isn't gaslighting. It's motivated reasoning. And this is what I think what's happening a lot. And I'll give some examples in a second. But a lot of times motivated reasoning or distorted thinking or def, you know defense mechanism thinking is what's happening, and then someone says, "Hey, you're gaslighting me," and I'll, I'll get more into that in a second. Another a common thing that's happening is shame lying. 
So when you are ashamed of yourself, you will lie. You might even convince yourself of certain things like, no, I didn't take the cookie from the cookie jar or no, I, I didn't cheat on you that badly or something. And to be the recipient of that kind of communication, it can feel like gaslighting, but it's not gaslighting. It's shame line. Because remember, gaslighting is intentional. It's something that someone does. Uh, they go on a campaign to break you down because they know if they break you down, they can have control over you. And, they, and that's their ultimate goal is they want total control over you and your mind and your behavior. To shame lie is to be ashamed and to lie and to try to convince the other person of some lie because you're ashamed. Uh, and we all do this. Another thing that can happen is mental illness. Some mental illnesses can cause people to look like they're gaslighting. There's also the Martha Mitchell effect, um, which essentially is uh, an oppressive, uh, th you know, like, for example, if you have women who step forward and say, hey, we are being mistreated in the medical system. And then the society and the medical system say, no, you're just hysterical, ladies. That's essentially the Martha Mitchell effect. And in those instances, you, you know, sometimes when I hear these kinds of descriptions, people say, well, I don't know, it feels like gaslighting because, you know, if you're a woman and or a person of color and you're being told something by society and by the media and by academia and by everything that your re your reality isn't real then it kind of starts to make you question your own reality you know if you're a black person particularly before black lives matter in the united states and and you're walking around you feel like, you know i feel like i'm being mistreated on a daily basis but you know everyone keeps telling us we're in a post-racial society and we elected barack obama so Maybe it's me. Maybe I. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I can't gauge. Maybe I'm paranoid. That is uh, an essential. You could call that gaslighting. But there's no in very little. There are very few people who are intending on doing that. It's a. It's more of an outgrowth of a collective racist society. And I, for those instances, I'm willing to use the word gaslighting. But I think I think we need a a, a descriptor like social gaslighting. Someone wrote in, uh, famous preacher um, uh, Natasha wrote in and talked about how when she was in the military, there was this uh, effect of the society with, and the culture within the military that gaslit the women who were being abused into believing that there was something wrong with the way they saw abuse or the way that they thought. I think that was what she was saying. And it it has some volitional elements in that those in power are probably at least partially wanting the problem to go away by making the victims question their ability to gauge reality. But it's probably more of a collective effect, a collective movement against the oppressed. In those situations, because I consider that such a pervasive problem and such a um, such a problem that the weight of the word gaslighting I feel is justified in that situation, but we have to call it societal gaslighting because to say just gaslighting to me implies there's this mastermind at the top that is trying to make you question your reality as the oppressed, which usually isn't the case. And, you know, you could argue against that, but that's just the way I see it. Another term that is not gaslighting, but some people will mistake it for, which is persuasive speech. So if you have a politician 
who is trying to convince you of something and you disagree with them, like they think that abortion should be illegal and they're like, you know, they bring up all their points and they discount your points that you're making. That's not gaslighting. Now, if they went on a campaign over time to try to erode your confidence in your own ability to judge reality, then that would be gaslighting. But if they're just trying to convince you of something and it's upsetting you, I mean, you know, the thing is, is I feel like the word gaslighting holds so much cultural weight at this point that anytime someone feels like they're being mistreated by a persuasive speaker or someone that's not listening, they want to use gaslighting. It feels good. You know, it just feels like you're gaslighting me. Right now, the cultural zeitgeist is such that if you call someone a gaslighter, it's just a slam dunk kind of a word, you know? And uh, I don't think that that's uh, the right way to think about it <laughs> because uh, we should be able to look at a politician and say, you are using your persuasive speech for evil or you are trying to convince me of a political point that I'm not convinced of, and here are the reasons why. I don't think we should just say, you're gaslighting me and, and walk away. And certainly you could say that groups of politicians and those with a political um, agenda would love it if their opposition would question their own reality. But I don't know. I, I think we have other words that we could use for those situations that it would be more precise than gaslighting, which I feel like has a pretty precise usage, which is usually in abusive relationships or cult relationships. The other word is propaganda, which is a term that we use for, you know, communication that is trying to influence an audience, trying to further a particular agenda. It's, you know, it's, it's in that persuasive argument. You're, you're not necessarily trying to make the audience trying to question their reality. You're just trying to be very, very persuasive. You know, maybe you could use the word gaslighting in, in certain instances of propaganda, but generally speaking, I don't think we need to. Okay, so let's go to your questions now. Uh, the first person says, is there a better term for gaslighting? I feel like as soon as I say it, the, conversa the conversation can get shut down. End of question. So this is an interesting question. Is there a better term for gaslighting? I've already kind of gone over that a little bit, but uh, let's go into further detail. But it's interesting that you say, I feel like as soon as I say the word gaslighting, the conversation can get shut down. And I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, uh, the person who wrote in, but uh, I find this to be true that I've never seen a situation where someone said, hey, you're gaslighting me. And the other person was like, huh, well, let's think about that. Like, it, it's just a way of attacking or defending or, you know, being destructive in a conversation. Um, so let's review some popular gaslighting or accusations of gaslighting that I've seen recently in some of the shows that I've been watching on reality TV. And if you're familiar with my YouTube channel, you'll know these instances. And if you're not, I think I'll give enough context that you can understand. So we have Greg and Katie on The Bachelorette. Greg, I believe, had a distortion that Katie was being cold and rejecting. And he kept telling her that she was harming him. You know, if you watch that show or you watch the clips, you, you saw him saying, I can feel that you just you just pulled away from me. You know, that I, he used other kinds of words. You're just, you're completely rejecting me. And she was like, what? No, I'm not. 
and she kept denying it. She kept saying, no, I wasn't rejecting you. And incidentally, I don't think she was. I think he, I think he completely distorted what she was doing due to his own defenses. And he kept insisting, like, no, you completely rejected me in that moment. And she's like, no, I, I wasn't. He says, yes, you were. And then she said, you're gaslighting me. Okay, so why did she use that term? Well, one, he kept telling her how she felt, which contradicted her experience. And two, he was trying to make it seem like she was to blame when she thought he knew he was to blame. So those are those common, you know, lay public usage of the word gaslighting. He kept telling you, you were pulling away from me. And she's like, no, I wasn't. And um, you're to blame for this breakup, even though I, I secretly know I'm to blame. So a better term for this. Well, the first thing I'll say is I think we should steer away from using terms altogether. We should use descriptions. And this is what I tell my students all the time. You know, they're like, is, you know, is this fusion or is this undifferentiation or is this projection or is it? And sometimes it's useful to know the use, you know, the, the definitions of these terms for sure, just so we understand that there's a concept. But it's in the description, you know, like borderline personality disorder. What, you know, do they have borderline personality disorder? It's just a word, you know, what do we mean by that is the important thing. And it's just a placeholder. So uh, if, if anyone says, hey, you're gaslighting me, if they said that to me, I would say, give me a paragraph as to why you're using that word and I will listen to you. But if you're just going to label something like you're gaslighting me, uh, I really have no idea what you mean by that. It, it'd be much better if you just described to me what's what you think is happening right now. So, for example, uh, Katie could have said, look, Greg, you keep insisting that I treated you badly in that moment, but that doesn't match up with my memory or my intention. I don't remember treating you badly. I thought I was listening to you. I didn't. I don't remember treating you badly. Maybe I miscommunicated. Maybe you misinterpreted. I don't know what happened. And I really hope that you can believe me that I wasn't being bad to you in that moment. And I, I kind of feel like you saw something that wasn't there. Okay, just say that. If you say gaslighting, no one has any idea what you're saying. <laughs> so just use your words. And I think that one of the reasons why people don't use their words is one, they don't have precision of language. They haven't thought of, they haven't been educated or they, they don't think about this very often. So they use these shortcuts as a way of getting out of having to describe something. But also I think that, you know, if you've had a significant amount of someone putting you down or making you feel stupid in your life, you want to get in and out of arguments as fast as you can. And you might believe that, if I stay in this argument long enough and I'm expected to explain myself, I'm going to lose because I'm not good at this sort of thing. And so terms like these are the, uh, you know, are the respite of the non-confident arguers. It's important that, uh, you know, we gain confidence in those areas and that we can take the time to really explain something, even if we're not quite sure about it. You know, we're like, well, I kind of feel like you're saying that I'm to blame, but I kind of feel like you know you're to blame, but I don't know. You know, uh, But, you know, instead we take a shortcut and we say, you're gaslighting me. Okay, let's look at Darcy and Georgie. They recently had an instance in which Darcy was saying, you're gaslighting me. 
Um, long story short, Darcy was uh, accusing Georgie of many things unfairly. You know, Darcy is saying, you're a bad partner. You're out to get me. You don't really love me. Uh, all these kinds of things. And Georgie eventually, after weeks and weeks of this, started to defend himself by saying that um, you are the one that's mean to me and you keep pushing me away and you you the way you treat me. Yeah, it does make me not want to love you anymore because you keep accusing me of all these things. And Darcy denied treating him badly. So, you know, she, she's like, I didn't treat you badly. I don't know what you're talking about. And Georgie insisted, yes, you did. You've been treating me badly this whole time. I'm using my own words, of course. And then Darcy says, you're gaslighting me. All right. So what does she mean by gaslighting? Well, she's using that second term, which is you're making it seem like I'm to blame when you know that you're to blame. So this is that ins that's that usage. You know, Georgie, that you're to blame, but you're trying to make it seem like I'm to blame. You are gaslighting me. Again, let's contrast that with the ongoing definition in the clinical literature for gaslighting and where the original term of gaslighting comes from, which is from a movie and a play from, you know, almost 100 years ago. That was just this, where you have a high control person going on a volitional campaign to get someone to question their ability to, to gauge reality in general by screwing with their mind. You know, is Georgie doing that to Darcy? <laughs> no, he's disagreeing. You know, Darcy and Georgie are disagreeing in a very common scenario, by the way. Darcy's like, I didn't do anything wrong. You're the jerk face. And Georgie's like, I didn't do anything wrong. You're the jerk face. There's no gaslighting. That's just a argument. You're, you're not understanding each other. You're misunderstanding. You're triggering each other. You don't, you know, you're having a hard time c communicating about what's happening in your heart. So what Darcy could have said was, you keep saying that I've been pushing you away, but that doesn't match up with my memory or my intention. Okay, so she could have said that. What Darcy probably should do is stop and consider his words, you know, you know, instead of saying you're gaslighting me and shutting down the conversation, she should probably say, hmm, he keeps saying that I'm treating him unfairly. I wonder what's that, what, what, what that is about. I wonder, maybe I do, maybe I do treat him unfairly sometimes, you know, that's what she should do. All right. The third instance here is with Ethan and Trisha. Uh, if you watched me do that, uh, you know, reaction video, uh, if you don't know about it, don't worry about it. But anyway, Ethan and, Ethan and Trisha were talking about their business arrangement on YouTube. Both felt as though they were giving more than they were getting in this business arrangement. Ethan thinks, you know, thought, look, I'm giving all the expertise and the, you know, technical stuff. And and Trisha's like, I'm bringing all my fans and I'm bringing my fame and I'm not being compensated enough. And Ethan's like, I'm not, I'm not being compensated enough. And Trisha seemed upset as they were talking about it. She seemed maybe angry. And Ethan said, you seem angry or you seem upset or something. And Trisha denied being upset. She's like, I'm not upset. I don't know what you're talking about. And Ethan insisted saying, um, no, I can tell that you're angry about this. And Trisha says, I'm not angry. You're gaslighting me. And then Ethan said, you're gaslighting me. All right, so why did they use this term? Well, again, if we look to the three different definitions with the lay public, we have two of them here. 
One is, is uh, Ethan kept telling her how she felt, even though um, he knew that it was wrong or she thought he knew it was wrong, which contradicted her experience. You know, she, he, she, he kept saying, you're angry. And she's like, no, I'm not. You keep trying to tell me that I'm angry. You know, Trisha's saying, you keep trying to tell me that I'm angry. You keep trying to convince me what is in my mind, but I know what is in my mind, but you're trying to mess with my head. You're gaslighting me. Um, and then that other definition that Ethan was using is you're tra- you're denying something that is obvious. It's clear that you're angry by your vibe and your tone of voice and your demeanor, but you keep denying that you're angry. You're gaslighting me because you're denying something that is obvious. All right. Again, let's contrast that with the real definition, quote unquote, real definition of gaslighting. Now, what Trisha could have said in that situation, instead of using the word gaslighting, she could have said, Look, Ethan, you keep telling me that I'm angry, but I don't feel angry. Maybe I'm giving an angry vibe or something, but I'm telling you I'm not angry. And it's annoying me that you keep telling me that I'm angry because I feel like when you say that you're trying to put me down or you're trying to discount my feelings or something. And I'm telling you I'm not angry. So can we move forward from that? So that's a different way of putting it, which I think is more precise and more differentiated. Instead, she just said, you're gaslighting me. And Ethan could have said something like, look, I don't know what's in your heart, but you kind of seem angry. And honestly, the only reason why I keep saying you're angry is because I want to feel, I don't want you to be angry at me. I want to have a good relationship with with you. And I feel like when you get angry, you're angry for reasons that I don't really understand or I don't really agree with. And I wish you weren't angry at me. I wish that we could work this out. But you keep saying you're not angry, which makes me either feel like you, you're unaware of the fact that you're angry or you're, you're trying to deny that you're angry for some weird reason. And it, it's sort of screwing with my mind because you're really coming across like you're angry, but I don't know what's in your mind because I'm not you. You know, that's a different way of saying it, right? All right, let's take a break. And when we get back, let's get to the many, many more questions that you submitted. I've only gotten to one. All right, we're back from the break. So the next question, can you gaslight someone on accident or does it imply malicious intent? Well, in my world, it absolutely does imply malicious intent. There are situations, so there there are psychopathic situations where you have a psychopathic abuser who lacks empathy and actually likes to screw with people's minds, especially if it has an instrumental benefit to them. So these people absolutely are trying to mess with your mind, trying to get you to question your ability to judge things as a way of trying to control you. I think there is another category of of abusers who are only slightly aware of the fact that they're gaslighting someone else, but the overall effect of the ongoing relationship is definitely one of gaslighting that I'm willing to use. So in my usage of the word gaslighting some are clearly doing it with malicious intent and some are kind of doing it with like like maybe give a scenario like you have an abusive wife let's say and she is extremely insecure about attachments and she's trying to control her boyfriend and she uh it will control him through intimidation. She might even put hands on sometimes 
and she might even like if she, if he starts to disagree with her, she might say like, you know, when you say things like that to me, it makes me want to scream and call the police and say that you assaulted me. And you know, I can be pretty convincing with the police, and you don't you don't want me to do that. Um, so obviously, you know, this is abuse and high control, and the boyfriend's like, oh my god, she's you know, if I displease her, she's going to call the cops on me, and and they probably will believe her. And that would be, you know, completely, that would destroy my career, this kind of thing. And then over time, she slowly starts, be, and, and where she, she's not a psychopath, but she has relational traumas that make her extremely um, desperate to retain attachment security through any means possible. And she sees threats around every corner. And she really wants to feel secure with her boyfriend. And so she corners him late at night, several, several nights, several times, and tries to, and is saying things like, we're going to have kids together. We're going to get married. We're going to move in together soon. And the boyfriend's like, well, I, I don't really know if I want to do that. And she's, she would say, no, I've seen it in the stars. It's definitely going to happen. And, you know, remember all those things you did in the past about how you didn't really like your past relationships, you made all those mistakes with those past women. Well, that means that you just don't understand how to do these things. I do though. And I have the path forward. Okay. So if, if this girlfriend does this over and over and over again, it's, you know, even with a light, if the lie detector test truly existed, she wouldn't, you know, say, yes, I'm, I'm actually trying to break him down. What she would say is, I'm trying to convince him of something that is just true. We're going to be together. But if you asked her, do you really think he wants you to do that? Because he keeps resisting and, and you keep arguing with him about these things. So you, you, you keep saying that you're doing something that's good for the two of you. But do you think he really wants this? And she'd probably say, well, yeah, he resists sometimes. And but I don't really care because he just he just needs to do what I want him to do. Okay, so that's not a psychopath. Okay, I'm not describing a psychopath. A psychopath is like ha ha ha. I'm going to get you. And those people truly are quote unquote evil. They don't have empathy. They're trying to con you. They're trying to get you. Okay, that's pretty rare. Those individuals are pretty rare, and especially the the kind of way I'm talking about. You know, a subset. Of, of the psychopaths that will uh, that are out in the world, only a subset would even do that sort of thing to you. So you're really talking about a you know a percentage of a percentage, but a lot more people when they're gaslighting are in this second category, um, similar to love bombing, where you can have con artist psychopathic love bombing, which is very malicious. And but the vast majority of love bombing is an, an effect of attachment insecurity and idealization and that sort of thing. But um, so I hope I described that well. So, uh, you know, you ask, can can you gaslight someone on accident or does it imply malicious intent? Um, I think I answered that question. All right. This next question. I have really appreciated you breaking down what gaslighting is and is not. In the chronic illness and disability community, we often use the phrase medical gaslighting to refer to the way that sick people get continually dismissed by doctors and the medical system itself. But I'm wondering if this would also be a misuse of the word gaslighting. End of question. Yeah, we talked about this in the deep dive with Birdo. And what people are referring to, I think, is you say have a 
you know, pain in your back or you have brain fog or you feel your heart rate. You know, Umberto talked about how for months and months he was experiencing all these different symptoms and he kept going to the doctor and they kept saying it's just anxiety or it's just sleep problems or it's your diet. And he kept going back saying, no, I don't think it's that, you know, and they'd say, no, go home, you know, take this med. And he's like, okay. And he kept believing them. And then eventually he just, I think, forced the issue and they took his thyroid and they found out his thyroid, he had cancer in his thyroid and his thyroid was completely misfiring. It was turning on, it was turning off and it was, and all of his symptoms were completely right down the middle of of this disease that causes problems with the thyroid. And for the first number of months, he, you know, you would feel as though you're being gaslit by the medical community. But I'm not a fan of this usage of the term because it implies, again, this malicious intent that the person is out to break you down. But the medical community isn't, you know, sometimes it is. Obviously, there are individuals, there are psychopaths within the medical community and harmful individuals and people who just have a really bad uh, bedside manner, if you will. But for the most part, you know, they're trying. And you could say that the system is set up because of managed care or the way that people are educated or the, the sort of things that the medical community focuses on. You know, the medical community historically has been really interested in in continuing life, you know, if like heart attacks, for example, are very well researched. And if you have a heart attack, uh, in all likelihood, you're not going to be gaslit by the medical community because they listen to you. But if you talk about like chronic fatigue or brain fog or anxiety symptoms that don't seem to be connected to any kind of anxiety or, you know, intestinal symptoms, memory problems, concentration problems, sleep problems, these sorts of things aren't focused on in the medical community traditionally because they don't one have a huge um, life or death uh, dimension to it. Not usually, but also because a lot of these problems are really hard to diagnose and treat heart attacks. You know, it might seem strange, but heart attacks and a lot of cancers are a lot easier to treat and to assess than, say, chronic fatigue. Because chronic fatigue, apparently, we haven't you know, gotten to the point in our medical technology and abilities to, to pinpoint why a lot of people experience chronic fatigue. So there's this temptation to ignore it or to blame the victim and say it's all in your head or there's some lifestyle problem that you're doing. And so it's not a purpose you know that it's not on purpose but the effect is definitely a gaslighting effect on the people who have chronic illness or in the disability community you will often when you bump up against these systems that are denying your experience and making you feel like it's all in your head or uh, you know just not listening to you and you know multiple medical providers and you start thinking huh, maybe it is in my head. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe maybe there's something wrong with the way I see the world or something. And then you find the right practitioner and you're like, no, <laughs> for years now I've been suffering and no one's been listening to me. Okay, so it's a serious problem. Do not get me wrong. 
it doesn't fit strictly into the term that we've been using for gaslighting over time. And I don't know if it's a great usage because it, it, it's more of an effect society. Now, as I said earlier, you can have a society in, you know, like in the military against women and particularly victims of assault. You could have a system in the, you know, in the military community of trying to make the victims or women in general feel like there's something wrong with them, that it's not really a problem. You're just making stuff up. You are hysterical. You can't gauge reality very well. You're kind of stupid, these kinds of things. And I'm willing to say that that uh, I'm, I'm willing to expand the definition of gaslighting. You say that's a societal gaslighting or a cultural gaslighting on an oppressed uh, group. I kind of need to say that full sentence. I wouldn't say, oh, that person's being gaslit. I would say they're being gaslit by society because it's easier for the privileged and those with agency to ignore the oppressed uh, you know, complaints because it, it just their life is easier if they just ignore it. So if you if I say that full sentence, then I think gaslighting is okay. And I think in, in medical gaslighting we could say the same thing. We'd say like uh, I was being gaslit by a medical system that chooses to ignore the complaints of people like me with chronic fatigue. I think there are various reasons why it's just easier for them as a community of medical professionals to just ignore me because they don't know what to do with me. Um, I don't think that they're doing it on purpose. I think they're just trying to live their life, but, uh, but it definitely had an effect on, on me that was gaslighting me because I, I started to question my own reality. So if I said that full thing, I think gaslighting would be in my you know world congruent with the term but just to say i'm being gaslit by my doctor because she won't listen to me regarding my chronic fatigue even though you don't know she's purposely trying to break you down in terms of your your ability to question reality i just don't think that's a great usage of the term Another question here, why do you think these terms have become so popular, even though a good number of people don't use them correctly? End of question. Well, one is, you know, culture is culture and, you know, cultural memes are cultural memes and they happen. And linguistics and language and the definitions of words are all socially constructed and and we're uh, witnessing that happening. You know, it's happening all the time. LOL, as I was talking about earlier. I can say LOL to most people in the Western in Western society, and they know what I'm talking about. That wasn't true 30 years ago. You know, I would say LOL, and they'd be like, huh? So how did we decide what... And even LOL itself is... It doesn't... It has a very specific meaning, right? You know, literally, it means laugh out loud, but... It has such a more subtle meaning, and it depends on context. And how did we get to, in 2021, with this very nuanced phrase, LOL? Well, it, we socially constructed it. No one person stepped forward and said, this is the definition. We collectively decided this is what LOL is going to mean. And in another 50 years, LOL will mean something completely different. Like, for example, the word cool. When I was in the 70s, if you said cool like, oh, that's cool. You were trying to evoke a 50s, early 60s, like a, a, a sort of hip 
way of talking that people did back then. Like, oh, cool, daddy-o. And in the 70s, people didn't say cool. They didn't say, oh, that's so cool. And whenever I see like period pieces from the 70s and 80s where people say, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, we didn't say that back then. You might have heard it rarely, but today you'll hear the word cool you know, a hundred times a day. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like that. You know, uh, pod wife and I were shopping for a rug the other day and I found myself. So, oh, this is cool. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) I just feel like, don't I have a better word (laughs) than the word cool? So, um, and then in the, I think eighties and then definitely the nineties, we started using cool, but it was, it was used by cooler people. It wasn't used by, uncool old people you know young people were using the word cool and it and it was something that we had for ourselves then it became kind of like a soccer mom word because you know we started aging and now it is what it is and you know maybe 15 year olds today don't use the word cool because old people use the word cool you know so words change over time and gaslighting is changing over time and it's it's just in the zeitgeist right but as i was saying earlier i think the reason why people like to use narcissism or gaslighting or sociopath is because these psychological terms are felt to have weight to them. I am diagnosing you with something and I am, I am slap, you know, behind this word is so much power that I'm going to I'm going to drop this and you're just going to have nothing to say to it. And sometimes that's what happens, you know, like what people were saying before is you just say, "Hey, you're gaslighting me." There's no response to that. You can't it's sort of the end of the conversation at that point. So, I think that's why people, you know, they don't have a a more precise way of talking. They they don't have other words. They're they're flooded, they you know, they're freaking out and they they just want to accuse and just they just want to put the other person in their place through a variety of means and gas, the word gaslighting is, is one of those words, you know, like I I challenge anyone to think of an instance in which someone used the word gaslighting in a, in a hopefully constructive way, you know, like, Hey honey, I kind of feel like you're gaslighting me right now, but you know, that's cool. We can talk about it. You know, no one uses the word gaslighting in that instance, right? All right. This next question, what are things we should avoid doing when dealing with people who gaslight? End of question. Yeah. So I, I've given advice uh, on this since 2017, but here's the list again. One is, is don't isolate. If someone is truly gaslighting you and you're in an abusive relationship, one of the best things you can do is do not allow the perpetrator to isolate you. Because if you become isolated and separated from other people, from the you know non-perpetrators, then you might lose your ability to to judge your own reality because the abusive person will be in full control of reality and will dictate to you what reality is and how to gauge it and if and being connected to other people who will say i think your partner is gaslighting you or i don't know if i see things the way your partner does helps you to you know have a hold on reality the other is get support, just general support of just like, this is the way I'm being treated, what's going on. Another is to ask others to, you know, like, so the other day I went to him and this happened and he kept saying that I didn't know what I was talking about. What do you think uh, that's important? Also, shed light on the matter. 
uh, is my phrase for it. But the, w- one of the best things you, you can do is like get other people um, there, for example, like you're, you're having, you're being gaslit. And if your friend or your mom or your cousin or something is in the room, then that other person be like, what is happening right now? <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 you want there to be the more isolated you become and the more kind of closed in and stale you are, the more likely you are to lose your grip on reality. Um, the other thing is to try to get away from the gaslighter, obviously. I mean, it, it's likely the only solution, honestly, because if if you can't get the gaslighter to stop, if you can't get the abusive person to not be abusive, you know, this is why we have shelters. This is why we have advocates. And uh, because as you try to assert yourself, then the abuser will just abuse and gaslight more. You might even be in danger. And so it might be important just to get yourself separated somehow. And you can contact uh, advocates in in your area by uh, Googling the uh, National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, The other thing is, is to know that you deserve better than that. This is important to hold on to. And the problem is, is that easy victims of gaslighting and abuse often have been treated as though they deserve to be gaslit and they deserve to be abused and they actually don't have a good grip on reality. But the more you you can convince yourself that you are a good judge of reality and you do deserve better would be important. The other thing is to look for signs of gaslighting. You know, it's not hard to spot gaslighting if you're looking for it. If you pay attention to to the techniques of gaslighting, like um, what would be a common sign in the beginning? Well, usually it's around attachment and jealous or and or jealousy. So, for example, a, a real common one would be you're at work and your partner comes to you and is like, uh, you know, your your partner, the perpetrator, she says, so I noticed that, uh, that your, you know, your coworker, she's, you know, she's flirting with you and you're thinking, huh? Like, I didn't know she was flirting with me and your abusive partner is like, yeah, you know, she's, she's definitely flirting with you. And I kind of feel like you're flirting back. And you're, you're thinking, huh? Like, what? Is, no, we're just talking. I mean, we're friendly, but I don't think it's flirting. Can I just be friendly with someone? And then she says, well, you know that men and women can't be friends, right? And anytime you have men and women talking, one, one of the individuals, they want to screw the other person. Everyone understands that. And you're thinking, is that true? Can I thought men and women can be friends. And then you might even say, you'd be like, hey, you know, I, I think men and women can be friends. I, and then she's like, oh, look at you. You're trying to defend your friendship with this. You know, you don't care about me. There's something wrong with you. Okay. So often the gaslighting will begin in some kind of jealousy uh, instance. So that'd be a sign to look for. Um, the other thing to do, the last thing I'll say is to fight back if you feel safe enough to do so. It's to say something like, Hey, you're gaslighting me. <laughs> I mean, that's a good incident. Meaning that you're trying to make me question my grip on reality. I don't appreciate that. And you're trying to get control over me. 
and I don't appreciate that. So if you want to be a relationship with me, you're going to have to let me have freedom. And that means freedom of mind and freedom of choice. And if you, if I disagree with you, we can disagree on things and you can disagree with me, but do not tell me how I feel or how I think, or that I have no idea how to gauge reality because I do know how to gauge reality. Uh, your reality can be different from mine. We can discuss that, but don't tell me that my reality is wrong. All right, the next question is from Patron Ed from New York, famous Patron Ed from New York, lovely fella on the Facebook fan page and beyond. He he won the Patron uh, or the Fan or Patron of the Year Award. I sent him a mug, great guy. He submitted a question and said, Kirk, are you gaslighting me? (laughs) Which I'm guessing is a question or a joke. Uh, Next question. All right, this next question. My ex used to gaslight me quite a bit, and I've been in therapy to deal with fixing my perception of myself after being gaslit by him. Now I've been in a healthy relationship for over a year, and I still have trouble worrying if he will lie or gaslight me, and I won't be able to recognize it. Will I ever be able to just trust my partner? End of question. It's a good question, and it exemplifies the true nature of the term gaslighting in that you're, you know, you're saying, my ex used to gaslight me quite a bit, and you've been to therapy to deal with fixing your perception of yourself after that. So that tells me that you were actually gaslit because you needed therapy to correct for how he made you feel by, gas, you know, by his gaslighting of you he made you feel as though you didn't know what was right or what was wrong. And he got into your mind, right? And you you had to go to therapy to fix your perception of yourself back to reality. And now that you're in a healthy relationship for over a year, congratulations, by the way, you're paranoid that he is going to gaslight you and you're not going to be able to detect it because one, you've experienced that trauma and you know how insidious it can be. But two, your ex made you question your gauge of reality. And so if you see gaslighting in your current partner, is that true? Is it actually gaslighting or are you a bad judge of reality? So it, it, it's a real tough position to be in, which makes sense. So you're asking, you know, will you ever be able to trust your partner? Um, I don't know the answer to that, obviously, but the key to think about is uh, healing and building a system. So one, you're in therapy, so you need to heal from that past relationship because if you can't heal from it, then you're, you're going to have a lot of wounds that are going to be um, you know, triggered from your new partner whenever any kind of problems happen. You know, like you're inevitably, even though you're in a healthy relationship, you're inevitably going to be in some arguments where each person is saying, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. No, I didn't say that. You said this. No, I don't feel that. I feel this. And it has the flavor of gaslighting, but it isn't gaslighting, right? It's just regular motivated reasoning or shame lying or you know persuasive speech or even just lying. But it's not necessarily gaslighting, right? So how can you so you're going to be triggered a lot of those whenever there's a disagreement or some kind of misunderstanding or your your new partner is saying no you don't you don't see this correctly it's going to touch on that wound right of of being gaslit so it's really important to heal those wounds so that you don't you're not extra sensitive to it the the other thing is to have a system in place so when you 
whenever you feel gaslit and you have this question mark like, huh, I I feel like my new partner might be gaslighting me, listen to it and have a system. Have people that you can talk to. Have your therapist. Have people outside of the relationship. People that you can trust. People who don't always take the negative side, like, oh, break up with them, that kind of thing. Because that's really the only way. You can't uh, be expected. And and, uh, the antidote to gaslighting is other people involved, like I was saying before. All right, next question. If we lack insight into our own behavior, why is awareness and bad intent a necessary requirement for gaslighting? Can't a person have a pervasive pattern of manipulating others and making them doubt their reality without being aware that they are actually gaslighting? If the effect is the same, that others question their reality as a result of the narcissistic unconscious behavior, why isn't it gaslighting? End of question. Yeah, I'm guessing this person is asking the question in response to my last episode with Birdo about this topic. And I didn't have as refined an understanding of gaslighting at the time, or I don't know, I've just shifted. At the time, I was more have a hardline stance that gaslighting had to be intentional. It had to be conscious. And I have already stated that uh, probably most people who are gaslighting only have a, a sort of an awareness of gaslighting. You know, when we did, when we describe the quintessential gaslighting, it, it is very volitional. It's very purposeful. Like in the play and in, in the movie that this term comes from, the person, it was premeditated. They knew what they were doing. If you asked them and they were to tell the truth, they're like, yes, I'm trying to make the victim question their version of reality so that I can control them and get, you know, the money, the jewels that I'm trying to get. That's from the play in the, in the uh, uh, movie. But... You know, most people are not like that. And there's a fair amount of abuse, you know, but it it comes back to abuse, right? Like in abusive relationships, it's often uh, misunderstood that abusive people are doing it on purpose. In my view, they're not, right? And you've heard me talk about that before. It's still abuse and it's still wrong and illegal often and immoral for that matter. Uh, but it's not like the person wakes up and says, ha, 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 I'm going to beat down my spouse because I just want them to feel like crap. It's usually because the person has distorted reality themselves because of their own pervasive personality problem, personality disorder, or it's a side effect of their desperation for trying to gain attachment security through very destructive ways. So, yeah, I I will and have modified my usage of the term gaslighting. But when we get into that territory, it gets a little weird and murky. I think that it still has to be an ongoing relationship. So, for example, someone with narcissistic personality disorder or someone with borderline personality disorder or histrionic, these individuals, or I guess even obsessive compulsive, maybe, maybe avoidant as well. Depends. But definitely people with narcissism and borderline. If you're in a relationship with them, and uh, they are, you know, the person with borderline or narcissistic is, they're not aware of their personality problem. And they're obviously desperate for attachment security. So they'll resort to their typical ways. And they're extremely distorted in their way of thinking. You know, the narcissistic individual believes that you're stupid and that they're smart. The borderline person thinks that you are inherently a bad rejecting and, you know, you're an uncaring person and the borderline person thinks that they're always caring and 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 always you know 
uh, right in a sense. Um, not always right. That's not the good term. Anyway, I, I hope you get my meaning. And the effect over time, you know, if you stay close to the narcissistic person, you start believing that you're stupid. If you stay close to the narcissistic or the borderline person who is, you know, a particular type and acting out in a particular way, you will believe that you are, you're inherently rejecting. You'll, you'll believe that you're not a very loving, good partner because you keep getting accused of this and, and they make very good arguments. And over time you start questioning your realities, questioning your ability to gauge reality. So, so yes, I, I think I agree with your sentiment of this question that awareness and bad intent aren't necessary for me to use the word gaslighting as a term now we might bifurcate and say you know this is um this gaslighting is an effect an un a, a uh unintentional effect of the narcissistic personality you know this is why the word gaslighting has has no meaning to me unless i hear it in a in a paragraph so um, but I will absolutely allow f- uh, for me. And again, you can decide, y'all can decide how you want to use the word gaslighting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Webster. You know what I mean? <laughs> y'all can, I'm not Google. You can use the term however you want. But um, for me, uh, I absolutely will use the term gaslighting in situations where you have someone with a personality disorder who is abusing another person and, is only halfway aware, or even, you know, 10, 20% aware of the gaslighting that they're doing. Okay, this next question. How do you rebuild your ability to judge character after being gaslit slash living with narcissists? Let me read this again. How do you rebuild your ability to judge character after being gaslit slash living with narcissists? End of question. Well, the first thing I'll say, just as an asterisk to this answer, is this word narcissist is another term that I have no idea what people mean by it when they say it anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, back in the day, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, in the clinical world, if I heard the word narcissist, I would, I think I would know what they were talking about. They would be talking, especially if they were uh, aware of narcissistic personality disorder, which is kind of a rare thing, incidentally in the clinical world. I think I would know what they were talking about. But today, when someone emails me or on the internet, someone says that person's a narcissist or, you know, 10 ways to detect a narcissist. I, I have no idea what they're talking about as evidenced by these articles. Cause sometimes when there's, and I've, I've talked about this recently, but sometimes when they're using the word narcissist, they're talking about a psychopath. <laughs> they're not talking about a narcissist. They're not talking about someone's, narcissistic personality disorder they're talking about a psychopath and you know uh, someone who doesn't have emotions doesn't care and doesn't think about other people and is out to harm others you know or sadists even is what they're referring to you know people with narcissistic personality disorder they have empathy it's just impaired and i know that in the dsm is lack of empathy but what they're talking about is behavioral lack of empathy it doesn't because the dsm isn't concerned with what's on the inside because and for good reason they they can't know what's on the inside but uh, everyone who understands narcissistic personality disorder well understands that deep down they have the capacity for empathy. It's sometimes extremely primordial, meaning that it's the sort of empathy that a two-year-old would have towards other people. And we understand the two-year-olds have, they care about other humans, but not in the way that adults do, right? 
So, you know, they have the capacity to care, but just in this very childish way, but it's often completely overshadowed by their desperation to come across like they're superior to them. You know, they want to perceive that they're superior and they want other people to perceive them as superior. So, um, so anyway, when I hear the word you're saying, you know, um, you were being gaslit slash living with narcissists. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes what people mean by that is people who were mean to them, people who didn't care about their feelings. And you could just say that, you know, people out there, I recommend not using the word narcissist unless you're willing to back it up with a paragraph explaining what you mean by it. You know, just saying narcissist, you know, the internet seems to think they understand what, anyway, so I would avoid that. Same with gaslighting. I would avoid using the word gaslighting unless you're willing to quickly follow it up with a paragraph or, you know, two or three sentences of what you mean by that term. And by the time you've done that, you've, you, you've, uh, you don't need the term anymore. You know, you could just say um, the three sentences, you know, you don't, you don't need the term anymore. But anyway, so you ask, how do you rebuild your ability to judge character after being gaslit? Well, a complicated uh, thing to do. Obviously, it takes many years, depending on the level of abuse and trauma that you've been through. But the way to think about it is to rebuild. You want to rebuild your self-esteem. You want to rebuild your uh, confidence and your your ability to judge reality. You want to have secure attachments with people who care about you that won't try to harm you. You want to go to therapy, obviously. And maybe as a general practice, you want to check in with yourself throughout the day. And this is something that I I recommend a lot of people do for various reasons. Whether you were gaslit or you lack a sense of who you are, you don't know what your needs are, you don't know how you feel. Throughout the day, just ask yourself, who am I, how do I feel, and what do I need? In the beginning, you might not really understand, you might not have good answers to that. But the more you ask the more you'll have answers. And that can take years. But again, whether you were gaslit or you know mistreated growing up, that's just one of the practices that you can do. And you can get other people to ask you as well. So you could say, hey, it'd be really nice if you just asked me how I felt or asked me what I needed, asked me what I wanted, and just gave me like five seconds to think about it. So the same goes with gaslighting recovery is it, think about, Am I, you know, like, like right now, all y'all, regardless of whether you have gaslight trauma or not, look around where you're at and just take in what you can see and what you can feel and check in with how confident you are in your ability. You know, can you feel the floor beneath your feet? How confident that there's a floor beneath your foot? You could say, well, I'm pretty confident. I I can see the floor. Uh, How do you feel? You know, what, what's the temperature? How confident are you in that? You know, you start at the basics and because there's a lot of things that even if you have gaslight trauma that you're, you're still pretty confident in your ability to judge and kind of start there and work your way up. All right. This next question is a bit long, but basically they're uh, asking the question that a couple of others were asking of, well, can gaslighting emerge out of, you know, someone who's not going on a campaign to gaslight you and they're also this person's also is it would it be better to say that maybe these people are invalidating you and that's a good word invalidating you know you're invalidating me you're making my points 
seem as though they're not valid. Even though I keep telling you, you know, this and this and this, you keep trying to invalidate me. Or I was invalidated by my parents for 20 years. And it was really hurtful to me. Uh, I think that's a really great word, invalidating. Because I would like to reserve gaslighting for the way that it had been used for decades in which usually um, either a psychopathic or someone with a lot of, uh, you know, attempts, a lot, a whole system of trying to control you will go on a campaign to break you down. So, you know, parents who invalidate, you know, they're not trying to control you necessarily. They, they just don't want to hear you complain or they, they, they feel so much shame, they, they want to take away your ability to complain about them. And so they just invalidate and validate and validate. I think that's a, you know, it's a pretty strong word, invalidate, and pretty descriptive. And it doesn't have all that weird baggage that gaslighting does, the word gaslighting. All right, this next question. I had a unique experience as a teen. My parents would talk for hours to me when they were angry. And I never made them angry by my actions because I was a good kid. It was more in general just who I was that bothered them. During those hours of lecturing, they would berate me and negate every thought or emotion and tell me everything about me was wrong, and I completely doubted myself and my reality. There were times where this lasted as long as 8, 9, even 10 hours. They never believed they were doing anything wrong, but I think the entire purpose of those discussions was to get me to doubt my very being and completely change who I was even even though overall I was a good kid. Isn't this gaslighting even though they believed they were not being malicious or manipulative? End of question. End of question. Um, I, I want to be clear. I, I'm not saying I don't have control of the word gaslighting. If you or others, you know, I'm probably in the minority. And, and in t- 20 years, I'm guessing I'm going to lose, you know, because gaslighting is is starting to become more of a general term. Now, in terms of the um, ethic around or the aesthetic or the importance of the word gaslighting uh, to use it in a situation like this would, would be fine of the changes to the word gaslighting. I would be fine with it being used in a situation like this where you have parents who aren't, well, I mean, let's break it down. Actually. I think this actually does fit pretty neatly in my definition. You're saying they never believe they're doing anything wrong. The, the entire purpose of those long lectures were to get you to doubt your very being and completely changed who you were. So that sounds like gaslighting to me. Uh, that sounds like volitional evil purpose. <laughs> you know, it's not some outgrowth of some defense. You're not claiming that they had some trauma that they were acting out, you know, but that's usually the case, by the way. I don't know your parents, obviously they could be evil, but usually what's happening are uh, parents are, uh, incredibly ashamed of who they are and they project things onto their kids and, and yell at their kids instead of yelling at themselves or they live vicariously through the children and they want their children to be perfect, perfect reflections of themselves in, in the world. And, and they go through a lot of effort to try to make you into the perfect representation of themselves to the outside world, that kind of thing. Or, which probably most of the time, they're displacing or transferring their parents onto you. 
a lot. Every parent does this, by the way. It's just a matter of degree and how dysfunctional it is. But every parent will project things onto their kids that were from their parents. You know, like a, you have a mom who is very distant and you see your daughter as very distant, that kind of thing even though your daughter isn't distant or, and you might socialize your daughter to be distant so that she agrees with your projection from your mom. Um, but anyway, uh, you're saying, you know, isn't this gaslighting, even though they believed they were not being, yeah. uh, Gaslighters don't So, so I guess there's three categories (laughs) if we're expanding it. One is, is you have the psychopathic person. They know they're being evil. Okay. Then you have those people who are, purposely trying to do something to you, but they frame it in a way that is not evil. That sounds like your category, the parents. Okay. Then you have a third category of people who are just desperately trying to gain attachment security through their very, very destructive defensive structure. And they don't believe they're doing anything wrong, but it is very wrong what they're doing. And so that's the third category. But yeah, Uh, another question here. Do people who are gaslighting always know they are doing it? Does it have to be intentional to be gaslighting? I think I've already answered that question. If extreme physical or sexual abuse in childhood can cause serious mental health issues in adulthood, could having a parent who acts in a way that gaslights you, but they themselves lack all insight into their behavior, could you suffer similar problems mentally in adulthood uh, to those who were physically and sexually abused? If so, why isn't this form of abuse talked about uh, more? End of question. Um, Well, most abuse is not talked about, including this. And particularly emotional abuse isn't talked about very often, for sure. But, let's see, what was your question? Um, Similar mentally, those are... Wait, uh, if extreme physical or sexual abuse in childhood can cause... um, Could having a parent who acts in a way that gaslights you, but they themselves lack all insight... Um, da, 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 da. yeah, I mean, that's awful. Uh, it's all awful and it's not talked about enough. And the demoralizing thing that I realized early in my practice is that this kind of abuse will be happening all the time for the foreseeable future. You know, I, I don't know why. And I think a lot of therapists do have this fantasy that, okay, I'm going to become a therapist. I'm going to save the world. I'm going to stop all abuse. I'm going to make it so, you know, abuse never happens again, or at least it's heavily mitigated. But you quickly realize, or I did, and I have a lot of trainees who bump up against this as well, that even when you are in contact with the victims or the abusers, we still don't necessarily have the ability to change what's happening. You know, I I give this example. I, I always reference this in my head as the turning point for me is, This teenage girl uh, came to me. I can't remember exactly for what, maybe depression or something. And I noticed, you know, she wanted to tell me something or I just, I I knew that something was going on that she was shy telling me about. And I, I put in a lot of work to get her to trust me and a lot of work to get her to open up to me. And, you know, I, I said, you know, this is a confidential space and I'm here for you and, you know, you're you're of, of age, so you have confidentiality, and I'm on your side, and you can tell me things if you want. And then she finally opened up to me, and she told me about her father who was sexually abusing her. And I told her, you you know, you did the right thing by telling me you're so brave. We're gonna we're gonna do something. I'm gonna I'm gonna work with CPS. 
I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. And this was the stupid thing I was saying, because how, how would I know that? But somehow I thought that. I don't know why I thought that, but I hoped it to be true. I call Child Protective Services. They get involved, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm doing it, man. I'm doing what I, what I, one of the biggest things I wanted to do. I wanted to literally save someone's life from abuse, and we're going to get that abuser. And, you know, the client is being forthcoming and making the reports to the police and CPS. You know, it's all coming into place. This is working. We're going to take back the power from the abusers. And long story short, in the end, nothing happened. CPS did nothing. Police did nothing because it wasn't severe enough or something. I don't know. And she looked at me, you know, after it all, she's like, uh, well, how come there were all those promises that everything was going to work? Nothing worked out. Not only did I tell you and you told everyone else about it, but also he knows that I told you and now he hates me and now he's probably going to make my life a living hell. So my life sucked before, and now it really sucks because I told you and you told everyone else about it. And that's, I mean, that's just one specific example. I mean, certainly there are other examples where the CPS and the police actually do swoop in and save people. That that does happen. But but I don't know. I'm just telling you this to uh, um, validate this person's question of, hey, I was abused. I was gaslit by my parents for years you know my entire childhood and it's awful and how come no one talks about it and you know i'm with you uh this last question is gaslighting and narcissism one in the same (laughs) it's a it's a totally valid question based on the way the internet is but this question is nonsensical to me in my world like narcissistic personality disorder is such a specific thing and gaslighting is such a different specific thing. But the fact that someone would ask this question tells me that the internet has failed in its ability to communicate and disseminate, you know, clinical information to people. You know, is gaslighting and narcissism one and the same? And I'm worried that it's getting worse. You know, I think that this question comes from a place of a harbinger. Like in five years, I'm just going to take a guess and make a prediction that the vast majority of people are going to think gaslighting and narcissism are the, are, are the same, you know, narcissism is the personality and gaslighting is the effect is the, is the thing that narcissists do. And, um, on one hand, it's, it's disheartening. On the other hand, you know, I guess it keeps this podcast alive. Uh, if, if, uh, if there weren't these kinds of problems, I wouldn't have to, clear them up (laughs) yeah um so yeah uh now if you are the one that asked this question or you're wanting to know the answer listen to my deep dive on narcissistic personality disorder listen to my deep dive on gaslighting i'm guessing that will answer the question all right well i'm guessing this won't be the last time we'll talk about gaslighting i i did an episode on it in 2017 and thought that'd be the end of it but it hasn't been and that's fine with me you know uh I've, there are certain topics that require an ongoing conversation. And as you can see in this episode, I've evolved based on further thinking and listening to y'all. This, most notably, this idea of volitional intent. Uh, originally, I was like, it has to be volitional. It has to be intentional. It has to be conscious. And that is maybe the strictest definition of gaslighting. But 
even in the clinical literature, they'll use the term gaslighting for what I would imagine is what I was talking about before. It's sort of an outgrowth of a defense. Anyway, well, let me know what you think. And uh, if you know anyone or you yourself are in an abusive relationship, which gaslighting often is involved in, whether it's a romantic relationship or family relationship or cult relationship, organizational relationship, a boss, for example, make sure that you get support, you know, call a hotline, reach out for help, get therapy because you deserve it. You really, really do. (laughs) 